This is Reverend Charles Fenson. I'm the interim pastor at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa, California. This is the morning worship service. Our address is 2850 Fairview Road, Costa Mesa, California, 92626. Our website is pccov.org, and our Facebook page is pccov. And our email is info at pccov.org. We welcome you to this service. Our vision statement is that the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant is a Christ-centered community set free by grace and placed in our neighborhoods to serve and to invite all people into a wondrous relationship with God. God bless you as you worship with us.
Good morning, people of God. Good morning, friends in Christ. Welcome to worship. Welcome to worship on this first Sunday of Advent. We begin our church calendar year in Advent season, and today we are beginning, so welcome. Please take a moment to sign the friendship books and pass them along that we might have record of your worship. We might greet you by name. We have some people to introduce today. Kelly is here. Welcome, Kelly. Welcome, Kelly. We have um, Paul and Sharon are here to hear Amy. <laughs> Paul and Sharon are here to hear Amy. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Mary is over here, fairly new to us. Welcome, Mary. And where is Kimberly? Where... Kimberly, it's your birthday today. Happy birthday, Kimberly. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Today on this first Sunday of Advent, we are hanging the greens, and we have a wonderful um, band with us, a Celtic band, and I'm just going to ask them to uh, introduce themselves and tell us where they're from and what instrument they are playing today. Hi, thank you very much. My name is Patty Amelot. I've been here. I think I've done the Hanging of the Green service for about 20 years with wow. different organizations, uh, different groups, but we've been doing it now for quite a number of years. So, and this is the first time I think we've actually been able to tell you what we're playing. So I play a very unusual instrument called a hammered dulcimer, which I'll turn around just so you can see the front. Whoa. For those that haven't seen it before. Wow. So it's, it's actually an ancient instrument. It comes from about the 10th century from Persia. Mm. Um, it's a relative of an instrument called santur. And um, I've been told that there's somewhere in the Bible that it says Ruth played the dulcimer. And they no. think this is what it was. But okay. I haven't ever found the reference. So maybe you guys can look okay. for me. We'll look. So that's what I play. We're mostly playing traditional Irish music. Um, and I'll let Georgiana tell you about her instrument. Thank you, Patty. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us, guys. My name is Georgiana Hennessy, and I'm playing the violin. Actually, the way I'm playing it is more of a fiddle style. For those of you who are classically trained, thank you for your patience. And we just love playing for you guys. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Tong, and I'm playing the 12-string uh, guitar. Um, I'm from Costa Mesa here, so I'm real close by. Wonderful, wonderful. Welcome. So the other person that's in the group here um, that you will hear very shortly is Richard Cook. He plays Scottish bagpipes, which we're getting ready to hear. He also plays Irish bagpipes called Illin bagpipes. And then he's got all sorts of flutes and whistles and uh, instruments. So we're, we're very pleased to be here. And thank you again for having us. We, we missed last year, and we all said, oh, we're not a Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. It's not Christmas season. So thank you very much for having us. We really love playing for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we do welcome back Mr. Cook, our piper, because he was with us on Reformation Sunday. Any other announcements? Don't forget we are collecting for our 2019 pledges, so remember to bring your pledges to us. Um, any amount is, is acceptable and uh, glorifying to God, so we want to remind you of that, and we'll be collecting over the next several weeks. Are there any other announcements for the good of the day on this first Sunday of Advent? 
All good? All good? Let's stand and greet each other in Christ. Say hello to your neighbor, please. Please. Let us remain seated now, and we will call ourselves to worship with the processional. So I will call upon our piper, Richard Cook. Let us worship God. Please be seated. pray. O wisdom coming forth from the mouth of the Most High, pervading and permeating all creation, you order all things with strength and gentleness. Come now and teach us the way to salvation. Come, Lord Jesus. O root of Jesse rising as a sign for all the peoples, before you earthly rulers will keep silent and nations give you honor. Come quickly to deliver us. Come, Lord Jesus. O ruler of the nations, monarch for whom the people long, you are the cornerstone uniting all humanity. Come, save us all whom you formed out of clay. Come, Lord Jesus. O God of grace and glory, ever faithful to your promises, the earth rejoices in hope of our Savior's coming and looks forward with longing to His return at the end of time. So in this Advent tide, prepare our hearts to receive Him when He comes, for He is Lord forever and ever. Amen.
I would like to have all our boys and girls come forward for the children's story and our youth come on down. If you are feeling young of heart, you may come forward as well. Young of heart. Nice to see you. You may regret not coming forward because I have something for each boy and girl up here. Amy, Danny, okay, okay. Pretty exciting to have these instrumentalists behind us. A dulcimer, a bagpipe, a fiddle a guitar. This is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent awakenings. That's a big word, Advent. It means coming toward. We're coming toward two things. We're coming toward the birth of our Savior in a manger in Bethlehem, and we're coming toward the return of Christ someday. Coming toward. Now, to help us come toward the birth of the Savior and come toward the birth of the return of Christ. Advent calendars. Chocolate yes. advent calendars. Yes, yes. So we have several varieties. We have Santa and sleigh. We have elves. Elves. More elves. We have... Um, Oh, here's more Santa. So what would you like? Santa, elves, or slaves? I want the one on the bottom. Bottom? Yes. Elves, slaves? Whichever one. Okay. Slaves. Slaves. Boy, this is a lot of work up here. (laughs) Wasn't quite... Oh, here's sleigh. Here you are. And... That one there, and that one on top, and and and, ooh, there you are. Now the thing about these calendars is that it's got twenty what? How many days? Twenty-four. Twenty-four days, and you open up a day every day. So we are on the second day of Advent because we started when? Yesterday. So you should open up. The top one right here, there's a chocolate under there. And open up the second one because today is what? The second. The second, okay, chocolate Sunday, right. Yes. (laughs) Now we have a few more of these. Anyone else want to come forward for an advent calendar? Who's got, um, oh, Frank, here you are. Who's got grandchildren that may not be here today? That would, and we want to thank Harriet for these advent calendars. Here you are, Kelly. Thank you so much. All right. Any, oh, oh, look at you. Do you have Irish grandchildren? <laughs> Charlotte, you have grandchildren? Oh, look at all these hands. Well, they're all tied up, so you're going to have to untie those, please. Where's Kimberly? Your birthday. 
Mary, would you like an advent calendar? There you are. Be sure and share the chocolate. Okay. So we, we begin Advent Awakenings. We begin this season of Advent with an Advent calendar full of what? Chocolate. Chocolate. Is that everyone's favorite, chocolate? Yes. Okay, all right. Let's fold our hands and bow our heads and pray. Lord, we are grateful for this new season, this beginning of the calendar year, church, church year, as we celebrate the coming toward of our Savior at Bethlehem and coming toward His return someday. Help us to go day by day and enjoy these chocolates and remember that You are sweet in our mouths. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So are you staying for worship? Are you off to your activities, various things? Okay. Okay. You, okay. Oh, Amy, please do stay because we need you to preach later on. So let us continue in worship as we sing the second verse of Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And if you are able, please rise. Let us stand. Sunday of Advent, the Sunday in which we recall the hope we have in Jesus Christ. The prophets of Israel all spoke of his coming. O Bethlehem of Judah, you are not just a lowly village in Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. We light this candle to remember that he came to us humbly in the manger at Bethlehem and gave light to the world. So he's coming again in power to deliver his people. May we all be alert and watch for his return. Please join me in prayer. Our loving God, we thank you for the hope you give us. Help us to prepare our hearts for the Lord's coming. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let us sing together, good Christian men. Rejoice. Rejoice. Good Christian men. Oh
Would you join me now in a time of prayer? Come, thou long-expected Jesus, we have been waiting. Come into our world that so needs you, a world that longs for peace and love and joy. 
We are filled with expectation as we approach again the celebration of the Advent, the coming of your Son, Jesus of Nazareth. Give us hope that in the future, your promise will be perfected and your glory revealed to all flesh and your will be done on earth. We pray that the promise of your birth, the peace shall come on earth, may soon be fulfilled. We pray for the world into which you came and which you still love. We pray especially for the world's victims, those in Syria and other countries, as well as those who suffer from the difficulties of life, even in our own cities. Touch us anew with the hope that is the heritage of those who love and trust in you. We pray for wars and threats of wars to cease and that you stop terrorists in their acts. We long for the time when the lion shall lie down with the lamb. Teach us to live together in harmony. We pray in thanks for our state as we have received refreshing rains. We pray for your hand of protection to be on those in fire zones and that you protect them from and their homes from floods and mudslides. We pray for Alaska as they recover from that large earthquake that they experienced this week. And we pray for some balance in our weather and climate conditions. We pray for those who need you, compassionate God. We pray for those who are lonely, who have no friends or family with, with to celebrate this Christmas season. We pray for those whose family circle is broken, for those who are sick, for those who are worried about a family member or jobs or feel that they are without purpose in this life. We pray for all who need your healing touch, for those facing or recovering from surgery. Send us your people to sympathize with the suffering, care for the sick, feed the hungry, cool the fevered brow, and comfort the anxious and bereaved. Today we especially pray for Jennifer Wheeler, who has been hospitalized, for Charlotte Kalenda, who's recovering from a fall, and we pray for Kelly's family here today. May our faith in Christ be evident in our compassion for others. Come, Lord Jesus, for we are your people and we wait for you now. Hear our prayer as we pray the words that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now we have the opportunity to share in the ministry of the church with our tithes and offerings. So with the ushers, please come forward.
of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make haste, get ready, don't delay. Prepare the way of the Lord. Thank you, Danny. That was beautiful. What a way to kick off Advent. So welcome to this first Sunday of Advent and to our celebration. Thank you, Looney's Fortune, for being with us. This season of Advent, these four Sundays before we celebrate Christmas, as Pastor Charles said, this is a time of waiting. But this is not the normal, hey, be patient and wait. No, this is expectant waiting. Something is coming. Something is coming, and we want to be prepared. In a broader context, 
Advent is more than just waiting for the birth of Jesus. It's also preparing for his second coming. In the 12th century, a French Benedictine monk, Abbot Bernard of Clairvaux, he talked about three comings of Christ. First, as a, main, as a babe in the manger in Bethlehem. Second, as an indwelling in the hearts of believers daily. And third, when he comes in glory for us to celebrate. This definition allows us to expand our thinking about Advent in this season of expectant waiting and preparation. This morning we have two readings. The first is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Our second reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 15. Paul says, For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore, I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. So what do these two passages written hundreds of years apart have in common? They're both passages of hope. A thrill of hope for our weary world. Will you please pray with me? Lord of all creation, we praise you and glorify your name. We come with expectation as we prepare our hearts to celebrate the birth of Jesus, as we prepare our hearts to daily walk with you, and as we prepare our hearts for you to come again in glory. This Advent season is fraught with busyness and distractions. Our prayer, Lord, is that you would keep our eyes focused on you and all that is eternal and important. Lord, open our eyes and our ears for all that you have for us and transform the human words from my mouth to be your words for us today. In your holy and powerful name, Jesus. Amen. 
Jeremiah is writing in the 6th century BC. During this time, King Josiah has come to power. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon destroys Assyria to the north of Judah. Egypt briefly conquers Judah, and then Babylon defeats Egypt. And then when that happens, Judah is subjugated by Babylon. Judah revolts, Babylon defeats them. Judah revolts again, Babylon defeats them, takes Jerusalem, and destroys the temple. He sends the king and the people into exile. This is the time that Jeremiah is writing. The tribe of Judah has been squashed, and they are living in exile under Babylon. Where, where is their hope? For 32 chapters, Jeremiah is prophesying words of doom and gloom, words of judgment and despair. But here, here in chapter 33, Jeremiah speaks a word of hope at an otherwise hopeless time. God hasn't forgotten you, O Israel, he says. The time is coming when he will fulfill his promises to us. Remember the powerful house of David? God will create a branch from that house, and he will bring righteousness and justice. That will save us, O tribe of Judah. He will restore our beloved home, Jerusalem, to safety. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. He was called to bring a very difficult message to an unrepentant and stubborn people. Jeremiah grieved deeply for his homeland. So when this weeping prophet offers us this word of hope, he doesn't do so lightly or full of superficial platitudes. He too has suffered for his prophetic words. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Those were God's words to Jeremiah in chapter 29. So Jeremiah is bringing this hope that God has given to him to a people that had none. Jeremiah is reminding them that even though their homeland has been conquered, even though they are far from home living in exile, even though their temple has been destroyed, even though, even though, even though God is still here, God is with them, he still cares for them, and he will deliver them. Could there be a more meaningful message to these people? Hope. There is a story about a scientific experiment on Norwegian wharf rats. Not a joke. The first experiment took a group of rats, placed them in a vat of water that they could not climb out of. Kind of a horrible experiment. They perished on average within 17 minutes. The scientists then created a second experiment they took another group of rats, put them in the same vat of water that they could not climb out of. But this time, right before the rats perished, each one of them, the scientist grabbed them out, 
dried them off and returned them to their cage. Several days later, they repeated the experiment, the first one with this second group of rats. And what they found is that the average survival time for this second group was 37 hours. 17 minutes, 37 hours. What was the difference? They concluded that that first group of rats had no hope, but the second group did. The first group, their experience, um, they had no prior experience. So when they struggled and grew weary, they let go. But the second group of rats, when they struggled, they had that prior memory. If they just hang on long enough, if they just keep going, they'll be saved. And so they continued to persevere in the hopes of being rescued again. So how do we hear Jeremiah's word of hope in 21st century Costa Mesa, California? There are no invaders at our shores, but there are many amongst us experiencing great loss. Perhaps the raw grief from a loved one passing recently. Perhaps declining health or a diagnosis that is uncertain. Layoffs, downsizing, loss of work, security. Challenges that seem insurmountable, and you may be asking, where is hope? Jeremiah's words of hope, written so long ago, are here for us today, and they meet each one of us exactly where we are. This hope will sustain us when we are in situations like the Norwegian rats. And it is this hope that we have to hold on to with dear life because when the storms come, and you all have been through them, those storms seek to overwhelm us. But our tenaciousness to hold on to hope will literally be our lifesaver. Fast forward about 600 years to the time of Christ. Israel has been waiting for centuries now for the promised Messiah. Rome is occupying them under a two-tiered system of government with Roman overseers like King Herod and Jewish leaders who are under the thumb of Rome. In Romans 15, Paul writes to the church in Rome who are primarily not Jewish. He says to them, Rejoice, Gentiles! Praise the Lord, Gentiles, because that promised shoot from Jesse shall come, and Gentiles, you all can join in that hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul is a devout and learned Jew, and he's reaching out to the Gentiles and offering them hope in Christ. Jesus Christ, who came from the root of David's father, Jesse. Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah. We Gentiles are grafted into that line and into all of those promises as well. We can share in the hope that is promised by Isaiah and by Jeremiah for the coming Messiah. 
Our hope in Jesus is much more than just a belief. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 6 calls Jesus an anchor for my soul. The rains will come. The winds will blow. The ground will shake. But Jesus is an anchor for our soul. Beliefs stay in our heads. But this hope that we find in the scriptures, this hope that we have in Jesus is something that is deep within our being. And we secure, and it will secure us tightly when we go through our storms. Jesus is our thrill of hope when we are weary, and he is the thrill of hope for our world. On this first Sunday of Advent 2018, my blessing to each one of you is Paul's benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The God of hope, the one that the nation of Israel has been waiting for for more than 800 years when Paul is writing. More than 800 years since Isaiah's messianic prophecy. This God of hope fills us with joy When the angels announced at Jesus' birth, they said to the shepherds, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people, Gentiles included. And this God of hope that fills us with great joy also fills us with peace. The angels continue, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward humanity. Messiah, Jesus, joy, peace, believing, so that you and I may abound with hope, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. From his book, Laugh Again, Hope Again, Charles Swindoll writes, Hope is a wonderful gift from God, a source of strength and courage in the face of life's hardest trials. When we are trapped in a tunnel of misery, hope points the way to the light. When we are overworked and exhausted, hope gives us fresh energy. When we are tempted to quit, Hope keeps us going. When we struggle with crippling disease or lingering illnesses, hope helps us persevere beyond the pain. When we must endure the consequences of poor decisions, hope fuels our recovery. When we are forced to sit back and wait, hope gives us patience to trust. When we feel rejected and abandoned, hope reminds us, you're not alone. You'll make it through. 
when we say a final farewell to someone we love. Hope in the life beyond gets us through our grief. Simply put, when life hurts and dreams fade, nothing helps like hope. This season of Advent reminds us that our deepest hope is found in the saving grace of Jesus Christ, who came as a babe in a manger 2,000 years ago and who will come again in glory. This promise of his second coming inspires us to hope and joy and peace that abounds and overflows into a world that desperately needs Jesus. Jesus is a thrill of hope for you, for me, for the world around us, then and now. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Will you please pray with me? Lord of all creation, we praise you for this message of hope from both Jeremiah and Paul. You are our God of hope, and we pray in this Advent season that you keep us focused on the eternal, that we may be filled with all joy and peace, so that your hope will overflow from us into the weary world around us. It is in your name we pray, Jesus, for your glory today and forever. Amen. Please be seated. We continue our prayers for Phyllis Evans in the hospital today and also Dominic Bliss facing surgery. Let us hear the promises of God. Salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is near. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. 
we come to this table of grace. We invite all who share in the love of God to share in this Christ's table for us. All things are now ready. Come taste and see how wonderful our Savior is. Will you pray with me? You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son. You sent him into our world to satisfy the longings of your people for a Savior, to bring freedom to the captives and to establish justice of the oppressed. He came upon us as one of us, taking in the lot of the poor, sharing human suffering. We rejoice that in his death and rising again, you set before us the sure promise of a new life. Remembering your gracious acts in Jesus Christ, we take from your creation this bread and cup and joyfully celebrate his dying and rising as we await the day of his coming. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and cup, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. May we be one with all who share this feast. God of grace and truth, in Jesus Christ, you came among us as a light shining in the darkness. We confess that we have not welcomed the light or trusted good news to be good. We have closed our eyes to the glory in our midst, expecting little, hoping for less. Forgive our doubt and renew our hope so that we may receive the fullness of your grace and live in the trust of Christ our Lord. Fill us with gratitude overflowing that we may share life and love in praise to you, God of all the ages. As this bread we take is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. In the glorious name, of your Son, Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord gathered with his followers, and he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, and do so in remembrance of me. And so we come to you in Jesus' name and say, take, eat, in remembrance of our Lord. After supper, Jesus took the cup and he blessed the cup and he said, this is the blood of the covenant blood of the promise poured out for many for the remission of sins. The Apostle Paul writes, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We have shared the bread individually symbolizing our personal commitment to our Savior. As the cup comes to us, we'll, we'll wait and we'll share that cup together, our community of faith. Come and dine. Friends in Christ, people of God, this is the cup of salvation, 
the blood of Christ shed for us all. All of you drink. Let us pray. Lead us, O God, to conform this world to your kingdom of love, justice, and peace. Help us to live as the Lord requires, to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with you, our God. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory, and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. We pray and worship through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please rise and Sister Amy come forth for the benediction. I can use a no finer benediction than the words of Paul. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may overflow, you may abound with hope, not of your own might, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace today and happy Advent.
This is Pastor Charles Fenson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.